Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning, 7.40 Mountain Time. Uh, I'm Pacific Coast Time, by the way. Uh, 8.40 Texas Time, 9.40 Michigan and East Coast Time. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and here 90 News Calls will pop up. They're now archived back 10 plus years. Also, if you get your podcast through a different podcast service, if you put in Frank, Lomas, and TR90, or if you put in Frank Lomas and Solutions, the digit for anti-aging, they could well pop up on your podcast service apps because Frank says he's been hearing reports that they're showing up in other places and he's actually verified that that is true. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I'm coming to you on this rainy day in Portland. Uh, with an education background, but a huge interest in health, nutrition, and exercise because I had family members that were not in really spectacular health when I was in high school, and I knew I didn't want to travel down the path, so they were traveling down at that point, and so I've done a lot of things over the years to... um, do some prevention. So with that being said, I came into the TR90 program directly from the R90 program, which was its immediate predecessor, and R90 did not work for me. I was already exercising moderate to heavily um, four and a half hours a week, and it was just not doing it for me. When the TR90 program came out, with them adding the supplements and the shakes to the program, that really made a huge difference for me. I was able to drop 20 body inches. I did not lose an ounce. This is why we always encourage you to take body measurements at various different places and track it that way because, you know, the scales only gives you part of the story. While I lost 20 body inches, I didn't lose a single ounce. So... Unless you've got an Omron or another scale that actually gives you percentage of body fat versus muscle mass, um, realize you're not getting the whole picture there. So with that being said, that TR90 program, when you are first starting out, is your one really good, clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at least three of those meals. If you're a really large person, you might need to increase the number of grams per meal and or add a fourth meal that has 30 grams in it. Making sure to get plenty of rest, seven to nine hours of rest daily is optimum. That actually, your body does a whole bunch of system resets and if you're sleep deprived, that's um, going to hold back the weight loss or the body reshaping program somewhat, and it'll cause you to make some not-so-good decisions. So getting adequate rest is really important. Drinking at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water. That water um, 
clears out toxins, it helps keep your skin hydrated, keeps your body hydrated. And if you think that you're hungry, many times it's dehydration already starting to set in that is making you think that you're hungry. So I always drink a glass of water first, and then I scoot over and um, after five minutes, then I take a look and see if it's really time for a meal or not. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. Remember, this is a lifestyle. We're building good lifestyle um, habits as we're going through the TR90, and they do say that it takes about 90 days to get good habits really anchored in well. So making sure that you're getting that 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise. If you're exercising really heavily, you'll need to probably increase the amount of water you're drinking or, and if you're in a humid, <clears throat> humid area, you'll probably need to increase the amount of water you're drinking as well because that will tell you that um, you need to stay hydrated. If you're losing more water than you should be, you take a, just the tiniest little pinch of sea salt and drop it in your glass of water and drink the glass of water. That will give your body enough salt to actually hang on to some of the fluids so that you're staying properly hydrated. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables daily. That gives you micronutrients, macronutrients, and fiber. We should be, most of us, getting 40 to 45 grams of fiber every single day. That keeps things moving through your system and really keeps you good and healthy. Taking your supplements, if at all possible, 15 to 20 minutes before a meal. Um, the reason they recommend that is because if you take it before the meal, then it gets loaded into your system before the nutrition starts hitting your stomach. And while that's optimum, sometimes it's not practical. And if it's not practical for you, take them with your meal. They'll still work. They just won't be quite as effective as they would have been if you'd been able to take them 15 to 20 minutes before a meal. And it's better to take them then to forget and then realize you were supposed to have taken them. With that being said, I'm always looking for information to share with you that will help support that TR90 lifestyle. And I've been sharing some information out of a book that is called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, M.D., MSL and Lustig is spelled L-U-S-T-I-G. And I have started um, sharing information out of a chapter that's called A Call for Global Sugar Reduction. And this next section is all about changing marketing to children. And it says, not much better. There is evidence, plenty of evidence, that the cumulative effect of alcohol advertising alters young people's perceptions and encourages pro-alcohol attitudes and greater consumption. While the population studies find that some small effects for alcohol advertising bans, individual studies of short-term impacts on alcohol consumption find no effect. Worse yet, industry-sponsored efforts are even less efficacious for the public health. 
Don't Drink and Drive by Budweiser has become Drink Budweiser and then let someone else drive. The government imposed regulations on the marketing and promotion of alcohol products have mainly targeted youth with varied results. Although commercials for alcohol, except for beer and wine, have been scaled back since the 1970s, messages about alcohol still pervade the airwaves. Government-imposed regulations on marketing of alcohol to youth have been somewhat effective. The success of regulations that limit how alcohol is advertised and marketed has immediate relevance relevance for sugar reduction. Can we limit junk food advertising, especially those marketing sugar? Marketing to children is a major goal of the food industry as it hastens the branding of specific products which the child will like take into adulthood. All this despite the fact that the children can't tell the TV show from the commercial until they're eight years old. In a 2007 study showed that an average American child sees about 30,000 TV commercials annually marketing fast food or candy. An average of one food commercial is shown every five minutes during the Saturday morning cartoons. Advertisers spend more than $10 billion, with a B, targeting children and youth through TV ads, coupons, contests, public relations promotions, and packaging designed for children. All of this advertising translates into purchasing requests and, more important to the industry, increased consumption. In 2007, the health ministers of 72 uh, 72 European nations convened in Istanbul and agreed to a ban, the marketing of junk food to children. Hastened by this effort, in October of uh, of 2007, I asked Deborah Taylor Tate, the Commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission, under President George W. Bush, whether this was feasible in America. Her response was, I expect the food industry to police itself. When left to their own devices, cigarette ads blatantly targeted children until public outcry demanded that the government step in. Metabolic syndrome is currently claiming more lives than lung cancer. Currently, public outcry has to become so deafening that the government has no recourse but to take action. Against all odds and led by Dr. Guido Girardi Lavin, a pediatrician and former president of the Senate, the nation of Chile in May 2012 became the first nation to ban junk food marketing to children. In 2007, the Better Business Bureau produced a voluntary industry agreement called the Children's Food and Beverage Advertising Initiative, or the CFBAI, which ostensibly 
limits the advertising and promotion to children in schools and is set to go into effect in 2014. The standards would apply equally to all companies that participate, currently 17, but participation is voluntary. For instance, Nestle's, the world's largest food conglomerate, has thus far said, go fly. Here's an example of what's okay to market under this initiative. Pepperidge Farm Goldfish, Kellogg's Apple Jacks, and ConAgra's Chef Boyardee canned pastas. Not entirely happy with this response in 2011, Congress directed the FTC, the FDA, and the CDC, and the USDA to establish an interagency working group, or IWG, to federal nutrition, health, and marketing experts. The IWG came up with stricter but still voluntary guidelines that would limit not only television but also other forms of multimedia media advertising. For example, websites, online games, social media, movies. The food industry lobbied Congress so hard that the IWG was withdrawn and is planning to support the weaker self-appointed CFBAI. So will Toucan Sam and Tony the Tiger bite the dust? Don't bet on it. Thus far, there are no government-imposed bans on the marketing of high-sugar content products to children and in the, uni- in the United States. Even so, despite vigorous lobbying by the food industry, San Francisco recently instituted a ban on including toys with fast food meals. Why does a toddler need more coercion to eat fast food than the food itself? Since then, the political fallout has resulted in three states banning toy, toy bans. Nonetheless, in June 2012, Disney got the memo. They will in- cease marketing of junk food to children under 12. Hope springs eternal. So we're hoping that that's going to continue to move forward. So what will it really take to reduce sugar consumption? We can't get rid of it. Rather, like alcohol and tobacco, we will have to learn to peacefully coexist with these substances. Let's look at the many generations of international experience with alcohol control to find models that do work. Anything that works does so by limiting availability. This means upstream strategies that limit supply rather than downstream approaches that hope to decrease demand, but but can't. Reducing availability can be done at three levels, taxation, restriction, and interdiction. Well, forget interdiction. That's a non-starter. It doesn't work for alcohol. Criminalizing a substance as widespread or as popular as sugar would be equally doomed to failure. Can you imagine sugar prohibition with candy, speakeasies, and bathtubs of Coca-Cola? But successful interventions all share a common endpoint, curving availability. In other words, control the environment and not the behavior. Many municipalities have taken up the gauntlet. For instance, in California, we have State Bill 19, or sodas out of schools. 
In 2008, former President Bill Clinton and former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee reached an agreement with the beverage industry to get sodas out of the schools, but they didn't negotiate the elimination of the juice and the sports drinks. In 2012, a study showed that with the 12 states there were so, where soda had been removed from the schools, sugared beverages, beverage consumption by teens remained as high, just as high as it had ever been. And I think we're probably at the end of our time for today. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to take us off mute. I want to wish you all a great day this February 28th, 2022. I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other at the top of the hour. If you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, there should be one of our leaders sharing information on how to build a new skin business. So there we have it, my friends. We're going to change in that environment. We've got to do it one way or another. Thank you, Susan. Oh, you're welcome. Don't forget those 30 grams of protein and at least three of the meals. It's really important. <laughs> Will do. Okay, I'm going to let everybody go. I'm going to hope to get a somewhat enjoyable walk in the rain today. I hope the rest of you have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Same to you. Have a great day. Bye.